All right, we are live, and hopefully I've got my microphone turned on this week. Yeah, I don't know. Into that whole recording last week, and as soon as I uh, downloaded it, played it back, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so the whole audio was coming through, I think, this little microphone. So hopefully it's actually coming yeah, through the real microphone. It, it sounds normal to me. So I, I yeah, don't I, don't, I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think you'd be able to tell on yeah. your end. Yeah, it's it's not until like post production that that we find out. So <laughs> still still learning. I mean, it's like episode hey, eighteen. I'm still yeah. trying to figure the shit out. You know, technology. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Well, we we've really only had the one mishap when when you were talking with your hands and totally like. Oh, just knocked over everything. Not just yet. Totally Mine. blew yourself off the air. Yeah. You can see your, like, mine's like right here, kind of off. It's literally right where the cutoff is on the camera. Yeah. And yeah. And I start talking with my hands. I knocked everything over, <laughs> pulled everything out of the computer. You know, it just, yeah. it, was, it was a disaster. I think, I think we're lucky. That's, I think that's a knock on wood. I think that's the biggest calamity we've had. Yeah. So far. Fingers crossed. So, uh, how do you like my hair? I'm, I, well, I mean, I'm jealous. It's a little crazy, isn't it? I, I like it. I mean, I, you know, the funny thing is now, if I had hair, I'd probably it'd probably be weird and crazy because I, I don't know. I, I guess just. You but know, I like. I, but the thing you're is, pretty- Bernie, is that I like I like your look. Like like you have yes, you mm-hmm. have a distinct look. Sure. Um, you own it. It is what it is. Like, yeah, there's like, nothing like, I can do about it. Like I know this is gonna sound dumb, but like I never know what to do with mine. I mean, it's just it's just, there are some days it's flat, it's in my face. There are sometimes like right now I'm in the I'm, I think I like it longer, so I'm gonna grow it back out again. And then I don't yeah. like it when it's long, and I don't like the way it looks on TV. So then I cut it short, and then it's short, and I feel like I look like a door. Yeah, but you got I'm, waves. Like never, you got waves in there, man. It's not like when I had hair, it was very fine and very straight. So yeah. like I, I could like I couldn't get all like even if I wanted to grow it long. There was, you know, there was a certain length and then it would just kind of look scraggly, you know, just kind of. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm really insecure about it. I, I truly am. Like, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know, I, man. You got I think pretty, I like it. I think I like nice it longer. I like it longer when it's longer in the back and everything, but it's yeah. so short now. Now it's just long on top and short everywhere else. Now it's just a mess. Let it go, man. Just let it go. <clears throat> let it go. Let the, let, let, let the waves, let the waves happen. I think, it. I think there's two sports as a broadcast. You can probably get away with uh with a pretty good mane hockey and cornhole right no, hockey for sure yeah yeah those dudes but what about all right what when did the oh, when did the, here the, we go. The, the playoff beard thing start like do you know like i don't know when that started i do love it though i mean it's a pretty cool tradition oh it so is those are some mountain looking men at the end of playoffs i mean you win a stanley cup you're you're going full beard you're you're all by the way have you noticed I, I was just gonna. I, I was just gonna say with your look. As soon as I said you've got a distinct look, I was like, "Oh, wait a second, the beard's gone." The beard's gone. Well, I get to a point when I grow a beard that it's just it's so aggravating. Yeah. Like I can just. Oh, it's just so aggravating. People are like, "Well, you got to buy a product." It's like, no, nah, man. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm I know. not that guy that's doing the beard softener and blah blah blah. All Conditioner. That yeah, I'm not that guy. And so, then at our age, well, you don't have to because again, you just kind of own your look, but. At, at at my age, so I've got gray coming in on the sides. The top has still got some color, but when I grow my beard, my beard now kind of comes in, you know, with these gray patches. Hey, man, salt and pepper. Ladies love it. Yeah. I was going to say, because I'm not going to be that guy who colors my beard. That is ridiculous. No, no. But, but the, the biggest thing for me is when I grow it out, at some point, like I like the way it looks, but at some point it gets itchy. 
And that's when I just have to cut. Yeah, exactly. And so I, you know, it's, it's gonna, I'm going to let it come back in. It's just, you know, it gets to a level and then I take it all the way down. And it feels awesome when you do that, by the way. Your skin feels so yeah. refreshed when you actually shave it. I know. It feels so good, doesn't it? But now it's, now it's going to, it's in the, I'm going to let it come back. You know, and it, it usually comes back pretty fast. My so, brother's had a, my brother's had a beard for a long time, and and yeah, he I mean he's he's got a pretty thick beard, and, and so does his son, and they and they do I mean they they have to they literally have to condition condition it and work at it because if you don't take care of it, it kind of smells kind of funky, right? Yeah, I mean, you really have to kind of take care of it. Thirty, yeah, and and yeah. when did when did beards? What was it? Ten years ago? Fifteen years ago? They kind of became normal, like everyone yeah, had a beard. Yeah, like because it wasn't that way when I was a kid. I don't even think what? it was 15 years. I, I, like, think, I think you're right. I think it's probably more like 10 years ago. You know, there were no, no one had a beard in high school. No one had a beard in college. I mean, yeah. that was that, like, and if they did, they were kind of, you know, earthy yeah. kind of folks. You know what I mean? Granola. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. You know, it wasn't this kind of mainstream, everyone has a beard or you're weird kind of thing. Yeah. But hey, you know, more power to it. Like the funny thing is like, you know, how certain women love beards, right? Oh yeah, just just like certain women like ball guys. Right, right. But they they need to understand that if you're going to marry and have kids with that person, you should probably know what he looks like without the beard. <laughs> you know, because that that's that's what's coming. Yeah. You know, he's that baby's not coming out with a full beard. <laughs> so no. Might might want to might want to take a peek at some old pictures or have him at least shave it once. Because <laughs> I like your old pictures with hair. Your old pictures with hair, are awesome pretty stunning dude getting it done bernie yeah man it was i i miss it i it's funny i i i haven't cared all that much when i because i started losing it in my 20s so it wasn't you know a, i grew you know an older thing i mean i, I was going bald pretty early and went start, started going gray in my 30s with the hair that i did have wow so yeah it was it was happening fast for me my dad was totally gray by the time he was uh late 20s like 28 29 yeah, I think my mom was. I think that's why I probably went early. But yeah, and my sister, my sister got my dad's hair. So same thing. In her late twenties, she was getting gray. Now she's a girl, so she can color her hair. But yeah, I did that but, once. I did so, that once, by the way. So while we are being so completely vain and self-absorbed yes. with our looks, mm-hmm. um, how are your teeth? Everything, everything end up all right? So far, still got more work to do, man. Really, that was a big story last week. That was uh, that was big stuff. Yeah, I've still got some, man. God loves Dennis, right? You guys, Dennis out there, way to go. You're kind of kind of helping people, but man, it is expensive. Yeah. Not not gonna lie. It is it is a pricey venture to get to get your teeth and your mouth kind of redone. Not redone. I mean, I've got all the same teeth. It's just had well, the front two got redone. I had to so your your front two got redone? Mm-hmm. Like a hockey player, speaking of hockey. Yeah. So what, I, they put it. They put in fake teeth then, or no, no. They just kind of reformed them, and it was funny because one was chipped, and when he reformed it, he reformed it with the chip. I was like, man, why don't you just fix it? You, you know, you're kind of re, you know, reshaping the teeth yeah. anyway. Why'd you give me that chip back? <laughs> I thought that was kind of strange, but yeah, that is strange. But you know. By the way, funny story. So last uh, last week when we dropped that show, uh, the buddy of mine who I told you, our, our former guitar player in our band, um, who, lis- who listens every week, Jade. So he was he was uh, listening to the show. He's listening listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. and and obviously we we all know this by now that on our mobile devices and our computers, 
you know, there's always someone what I mean, you know, the companies use all the algorithms to figure out what we're what we're watching, what yeah. we're talking about. And it's it, you know, it's it's not just stuff we search, it's actually spoken word. Yep. So so all of a sudden, I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this with the camera, but he he uh texted me <laughs> started getting after dental. the show. Yeah, look what he said. He, he said, <laughs> he getting he said stuff? he's like, dude, after listening to part of your pod this week, this ad pops up while while he so, so he's a Kansas fan, obviously, he still is back in Kansas. So he said this ad was the first one to pop up when he went to the KU Sports app. He said, "Totally weird," and I don't know if you can see it. Visit <laughs> visit that's, a dentist. That's hysterical. It it's hysterical, but scary. Absolutely, it's scary. Scary, man. I, I don't think people like you know. People are so funny. Yeah. I don't want the government doing that, but dude, big business has been doing it forever. Big oh, business has been in your living room for the last decade and a half. Yeah, just right there with you. Speaking of, speaking of government, I don't I don't want to get I don't get too in the weeds on this, but we probably would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge what's going on in our world. So I don't I don't yeah. mean to take I don't mean to take a negative no. turn, but uh, man, God bless our military, Bernie. I, I I guess you know my my overall thoughts on this is I still like I I guess at at our age I always thought that the next major world altercation as far as an actual war is concerned would be some sort of cyber war you know some sort of tech well, like, like, like the whole yeah like I, I thought that would escalate you know to where a grid is taken out banking I'm, systems taken I'm out sure, like, that. like, like sure. I really I really thought the days of shoot 'em up bang bang war and bombs and all this kind of shit was done like I really I, re I re truly and and it shows how stupid and naive I am but I really thought that that the next significant event in our lifetimes would be something with our technology it happens. And, and man, I mean, am I dead wrong? Because you're not geez. dead wrong. You're not dead wrong at all. I mean, it's happening every day. I mean, I, I saw an unbelievable documentary and I cannot remember the name of it. Gosh. And anyway, they were talking about what the NSA does and, and the types of people they have working for our cybersecurity. Sure. And it, it was crazy. And it had this one lady and she was being, you know, you couldn't see her, her voice was altered and her image, you know, you couldn't see her. All you could see was her silhouette. And talking about the kind of guys like these really strange dudes, like one guy like wears a cape to work every day. Oh my gosh! It's just you know those kind of computer guys, like just he wears a cape. Yeah, and he's just like a superhero in his own mind, and he's just there every day, you know. And like, but it's those kind of guys, and they're doing like we're we're kind of now. I'm really worried. We're you know we we spend an awful lot of money on cybersecurity, and I think if people really knew how many times yeah. foreign actors or foreign states try to hinder our sure. cybersecurity, they would be shocked. Shocked. Yeah. And we try to do the same thing. Oh no, we have done it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we've actually done it. We've shut down nuclear reactors. We've yeah, we've done it. We're we're pretty impressive when it comes to that stuff. Right. Yeah. But I you know I I, I guess just the whole thing of you know seeing bombs and, and the fact that this is really and they've been talking about it, you know on all the major news sites the fact that this is really the first you know war um, that basically can be live streamed, you know, so it's instant reactions from everybody. Yeah. And it, and it's been crazy to follow. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost been like a bad reality or sports TV series, you know, where people are rooting for Ukraine, you know, it, it's almost become like, it is kind of weird that way. It's know? funny. I, I, I knew for whatever reason in Charlotte, there was a group of Ukrainians that moved in at this one place. I used to go kind of my, my local watering hole, two girls that worked there were Ukrainian one of them married a Russian guy. Wonder what that household's like right now. Wow. Yeah. 
But isn't it, isn't it strange? I mean, it, it, it is the first time that I remember, like, like when I get home, I'll turn on the TV and watch it. Afghanistan, you know, we just kind of did, you know, our, it wasn't being reported, but you know, after 2010, we were still there. We were still doing operations. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, but it wasn't like it is now with, I mean, like, like literally live streamed. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and everyone's, I mean, people are live tweeting about it. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's like the first war where social media is involved while we're, while we're watching it on TV. It's just, yeah, it's, it's so, it, it, it was so surreal this weekend to me just to, just to have it on TV and have it on in the background. Like, like I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys take on the Steelers. I mean, it was just, I felt was, weird about it. it yeah, yeah, it was, it was weird. And here yeah. we are doing a podcast. Everything's normal. The sun's out. Yeah, you know, went to the store and, and and everything's normal while all hell is just breaking loose over there. It's just pretty it's, scary. It's, yeah, it's surreal. But it's anyway, scary. but uh, as always, huge shout out to our military. They're standing by. I mean, here in Charleston, obviously we have a big presence mm-hmm. um, at the Charleston Air Force Base, and and uh, there'll be many times I'm doing a podcast or working, and out my window I'll see a couple of fighter jets go by. Uh, it's pretty much the transport planes that are down here, the big cargo, yeah, the C-17s that are down here, but. But they do use Charleston as a refueling station. I was living there when they shut the naval base down, actually. Yeah, my my cousin was stationed here back in the uh, gosh, I guess it was back in the nineties. Yeah, when it was still here. Yep. He was on he was on a sub. That, yeah. So you would. But, I uh, mean, when I first moved here, every now and then you would see them come into the harbor, the subs. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, I still can't believe my cousin did that for all those years. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it is it is surreal because life is, you know, just normal for us. I mean, I'm headed up to Charlotte. Doing some basketball this week, sure. And uh, it's normal till it's not. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're just they're 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 fighting over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, their their lives are on the line, and to see the women and children being separated from their husbands, it's just it's just heartbreaking to watch. War is not good. Yeah. I know lots of people kind of want it to be, but it's just not. <laughs> right. There's nothing good about it. All right. So anyway, shout out to the military, and uh, again, God bless them and, and what they do and keeping us safe and you brought up great points i mean they, they are doing stuff constantly behind the scenes sure that we have that we are just not privy to and can't even probably comprehend yeah i don't think we want to be so meanwhile <laughs> yeah meanwhile i get to head up to charlotte call basketball this week yeah you do and we, and we get to talk about some cornhole yeah you do look at get, how many games is it how many games and how many days uh 10 games in five days so it's the big south conference tournament these are so much fun to do bernie i mean you and i are both college basketball fans you're probably even though i broadcast you're probably a bigger college basketball fan than i am but man this is a great time of year i mean and i love i mean yeah it'd be great to to call sec or acc this time of year but i love doing these mid-major conferences whether it's sunbelt whether it's the southern conference whether it's big south um it's a one bid league and it's literally on the line all these and you know how much i love storylines and love talking to the players and coaches and digging up some of these stories, like like the head coach for Longwood, a crazy story. But yeah, I love I love this time of year. It doesn't seem to me that the talent gaps are quite as big in True. those conferences. So your number one seed to your twelve seed, or how many teams are in your conference? It seems like the possibility of an upset is there somewhere in there. Maybe not one yeah. to twelve, but in the middle, there seems like you know that level of talent is pretty much equal in a way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's certain differences every year, but it, yeah, it just seems like those conferences. All, we all know if we're watching, sex, you know, Selection Sunday, that those one bid leagues, the one seeds, the teams that were supposed to get those bids, it, it doesn't always hold true. 
and it yeah. kills the teams on the bubble from the big conferences. Right. Because they know, like, oh, wow. Well, you know, especially, yeah. especially if it's a – I'm trying to think of the right team, but in a one-bid type league that's good enough – Gosh, I can't. Think well, of what 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 ha- what what can really happen is out of like if you ha- if you have a really dominant team. That's what I'm saying. That's probably yeah. going to get in that large bid now exactly. that they've lost the automatic, and now that that one bid gets two. Yeah, that means one of the big, you know, one of the power five schools yeah. is going away. And not not so not so much at not so much like like with the Big South. There's no as good as Longwood is, and they're 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 an awesome story this year. As good as they are, they're not getting in unless they win this thing. Right, but but for conferences that that are in like with the Sun Belt, the Sun Belt this year, even though it's a you know it's a it's a group of five conference, they don't have they don't have somebody who's getting in unless they unless they win their conference. But you're right, you get to maybe a conference USA uh, to an Atlantic Ten where you have a couple of teams that have been powerhouses, and then all of a sudden the five seed from yeah. the from the uh, from the A ten sneaks up and knocks somebody off and gets in, then it steals a spot from like Michigan. A ten's perfect. Davidson's the number one seed in that conference. Yeah, right? they're probably getting an at large bid if they don't win their conference. Right, they get upset. They're still getting in, probably. Yeah, but that's that's a bid that's going away from someone else. And as yeah. a North Carolina fan, as bad as they are this year, I'm worried. I'm I'm, I'm really worried about championship week because yeah. North Carolina's so bad. And I mean, look, they're not winning at Duke. Coach K's last game at home ever. <laughs> I mean, if oh, there was a school right. that can win that oh game. Oh, my God, that's if, right. If there, if there is a school that could win that game, it would have been in past years. North Carolina is that school. But yeah, that's true. It ain't happening this year. And oh, so, man. I totally forgot about that. Holy crap, Bernie. Yeah, that's you know going to be big. Sickening, you know how unbelievably disgusted I am? I was watching ESPN, and they were already doing promo work about what's going on that whole day. Mm. And it's oh, – right. It's just <laughs> – just Coach K stuff all day, Duke stuff yeah. all day, and it, I, I literally almost vomited. I was just like, oh, you know, Julie's like, what do you want to watch the game? You know, because she's a North Carolina graduate. You know, she's a big fan. She, you know, where do we want to watch the game? I was like, man, I, I be honest with you, I want no part of that game. Make let's sick go, stomach. yeah, let's go do something artsy or something. I mean, because that's yeah. going to just be brutal, brutal. My only, my only Coach K story because I wanted to hate him. Because when I was when I was a uh, a student at Kansas, my I think it was actually my freshman year, um, nineteen ninety one, when Kansas my freshman year Kansas goes all the way to the national championship game. Right, mm-hmm. that was the year that UNLV was. I mean, everyone just thought UNLV was ninety one. Yeah, ninety ninety one. It was like the ninety season, ninety one postseason. Yeah, it's when you beat North Carolina. Had no business beating them in the final four. Yeah, so I so Kansas remember. makes this this great run, but it was it, everything was tempered by the fact that everyone just thought the UNLV. I mean, it was basically yeah. we all we all including Duke, North Carolina, all the yeah. the blue bloods. We were all playing for number two because UNLV was basically an NBA team. They yeah. were just going to win it. All Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman. All, all of a sudden, yeah. they lose. To Duke, I think. Yes. I think it was Duke who beat them. Yes. And so all of a sudden, as a Kansas fan, we're all excited. So we go to the championship game and to play Duke, Mike Shashevsky, Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, and really, Bernie, I mean, I, I could be wrong about this. It was a long time ago now, but I believe literally off the opening tip, Hurley gets it. And literally from somewhere between the center line and the three points arc, throws this lob to the top of the backboard and Grant Hill comes flying out of nowhere, grabs it and throws it down. 
And I think that's how the game began because I remember like having my spirits crushed from the beginning of that let, game. Let me let me explain. So I never, I never, I never like Duke. Well, hang on, real quick. So I never liked Duke from the beginning. Right? Let me let me let me explain the '91 Final Four to you. In the ACC championship game, North Carolina had just beaten Duke by twenty something, dominated them, dominated them. That would have been a championship game had North Carolina taken yeah. care of business like they should have. Duke and North Carolina for the national championship. Can you imagine that? That would have been bragging rights forever. But instead, for, but instead, Dean Smith actually got thrown out of that game against Kansas. Wow, how many times did he get thrown out in his career? That was his only time. Wow, I just I was just talking with Cliff Ellis about that, uh, head coach of Coastal Carolina, yeah. who's, who's been around he's forever. At he was at Clemson forever. He's only been thrown out of two games his whole life. So that yeah. was the only time Dean Smith has ever been thrown out of a game. And it was the first time he had faced Roy Williams in the tournament. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it was it was uh, it was crushing because once Duke beat UNLV, and after what had just happened the two weekends prior, we're kind of thinking, oh man, we're gonna win this thing. Yeah, and that's how that's how we felt as Kansas fans. And uh, yeah, it God, yeah, oh, that kind of started because see, growing up as a North Carolina fan, believe it or not, the Duke game wasn't what it is now. Yeah, it, the NC State game was the bigger rivalry. And Duke oh, was kind of Duke was kind of the second rival, right? And then Shashevsky got good, and then in the late '80s, into the in that that '90s stretch, the Leitner mm -hmm. years is when it really became massive, massive. It was always big. Don't get me wrong, but the NC State rivalry was bigger because State was better for a little bit longer time. That's interesting. I did, I actually didn't know that because yeah. because uh, after I gra graduated from Kansas, I ended up moving to Greensboro. So so I my first indoctrination into the whole ACC at that point, yeah, at that was point, late Duke 90s was, and by then yeah. yeah, it was it was Duke Carolina. Yeah. And NC so, State was was an afterthought. Right. And so what's so funny, you can talk Wake, to Wake Forest was at the end of their run. Yeah, and you can talk to Stacy about this because NC State people just cannot get over the fact that they are I mean, it's not even a rivalry with North Carolina anymore. But you can't tell them that because, you know, yeah. I think North Carolina's won 38 out of the last 42 or something like oh that. Something, some ridiculous number, right? And it's now it's still their biggest rival, but they don't understand why North Carolina fans have just kind of moved on because, you know, yeah. when you win all the time, it's not a rival. Like, like our Clemson and South Carolina fans, for example. South Carolina fans, their biggest rival is Clemson. Clemson wins all the time in that rivalry. Mm -hmm. Well, there was, was a stretch there where South Carolina got the better of them, but. For the most part, Clemson's kind of dominated that rivalry. So, is it still a rival when you beat them all the time? Yeah. Well, is that's it, the same. I mean, that's, that's the exact same narrative out in the Midwest, and because because we have a national audience, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we can talk. We can talk about other that's, geographic that's right. areas. That's right. But yeah, it's the same narrative back in Kansas, and when Kansas was in the Big Twelve, and so was Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. Well, you know, Missouri, Missouri is Kansas's biggest rival, hands down. Well, they if, fought if, a you, if you if you if you are a Kansas grad listening to the show, and you think Kansas State is our biggest rival, you you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Missouri is the longest, most hated rival of Kansas, <coughs> bar none. There's two but, states fought but, a war, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about that. I think on another yeah. show. Yeah, literally was a border war between Kansas and uh, Missouri because one was a free state, one was not. Yeah, it goes way back. So, um, but Kansas State, like you're saying with NC State, if, if you ask the Kansas State fan, oh, Kansas sure. is their biggest rival. Absolutely. But Kansas, Kansas always, not always, but Kansas, the majority of the time, 
wins, not in football, yeah. but in basketball, right. beats Kansas State every time. Matter of fact, the, uh, the the Kansas State fans call their call the arena the octagon the octagon of doom. And, <laughs> uh, and Kansas, the Kansas fans, and this, I, I swear this is coined by my brother brother in law, but uh, but but the Kansas fans call it the octagon of slight discomfort. That's because the, the worst game. name ever. I mean, I like the little apple thing because of Tin Manhattan, Kansas. I it, like is that. Cool. it is a cool city. That's a cool little name. But yeah, it's, it's an octagon of doom, that's terrible. Yeah. Kansas State people, do something. That's awful. That's terrible. Yeah, but you have. Well, they were they were good. They they made a really good sure. run. I want to say it was back in. Um, and you may remember more than, better than I do. But I, th- I think it was back in the eighties, Bernie, when Kansas State and maybe early nineties. They had but they, for they sure seemed, back in the eighties. They were they, really they, good. Eighties and nineties, they had these little pockets of stretches, right? Yeah, where they were where they were good. And isn't the coach at South Carolina now? Wasn't he at Kansas yep, Frank, State? Yep, yeah. Frank Martin. Yep, yep. He and was. They there. they had some good years under him. But Bob, Bob Huggins was there for a brief. I think he was the one back in the eighties, maybe that had gotten them so good before he went to uh, Cincinnati and then. No, he he um Bob because Bob Huggins was only there for a minute and then went to West Virginia. I can't remember. He went to Cincinnati first. He was at Cincinnati first. Yeah, and then and then K State. He had crazy good teams at Cincinnati. Nick Van Exel. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, but he was at Kansas State a very short time, then went to West Virginia. But yes, they had. I can't remember his name, but they had a big time coach who was there back in the. I think it was the eighties when they were. Really yeah, good. they they. I remember some good years they had. Just yeah. terrible uniforms. Purple and um, gray. Purple and gray is not a solid color scheme. No. Just once again, Kansas State people, figure mm-hmm. it out. Fix it. Change Fix it up. It. Um, I, I promise we're going to talk cornhole here at some point. We'll talk a little bit. One, one more, one more college. Speaking basketball. of Kansas. <laughs> yes. That's your cornhole segue, by the way. Yeah, yo, yeah. Right. Well, hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. That's right. I forgot. We've been talking about this, and I forgot they were in Kansas City this weekend. Um, so what was I gonna say? Oh, oh yeah, the story I was gonna tell you. So, all right, so com- coming back to the Big South uh tournament, I I actually don't have Longwood. Uh I I, I wouldn't have Longwood. Actually, I'm on the opposite side of the bracket, so I won't have Longwood because they, they bring in what they do is ESPN hires guys like me and Mike Gleason to come in and do the play-by-play. We take it all the way up to the finals, mm-hmm. and then and then it'll be you know their national crew that actually does the championship game. So do y'all like do y'all give them the stink eye when they get there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like Mike Morton and I were calling. Like, come on, I'm there all week, right? And yeah. then they, I'm there, we will bro- literally will broadcast ten games in five days, and then yeah. for the championship game, you know they'll they'll bring in whoever the national guys are. And and away we go. When we so, were in I mean, Virginia they, they, Beach, they literally they, they literally get rid of us like a psycho bad girlfriend. Like yeah, they, when we they were dump in, us instantly. When we were in Virginia Beach for the uh, shootout last last year, Mike Morton and I had called like two or three hours, and you and Trey kind of came in right <laughs> after us for like for like two exactly. matches. And Mike and I, were, oh, JV team's getting ready to leave. Varsity's coming on. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly. Now you know how I feel. So they so yeah, so are they nice about it or they just kind of come in and no, just they're super push nice. you aside, no, like, no, get your crap out of the way? I'm here now. Yeah, no, no, they're super <laughs> they're super nice guys. Yeah, and they'll they'll pick your brain, you know, and ask you about what happened. But most of them though will have been there for a couple of days. I was I was gonna say the quarterfinals and the semifinals. I was and, gonna say, don't don't you just like well, should have been here and watch, take some yeah, notes, jerk. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, they're they're nice about it. They're they're all good guys, and they're, and they're always really good play by play guys too. So, That's but kinda, uh, it does kind of have to hurt a little bit though. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do the championship, but especially because after you're there all week calling games, 
you kind of get you kind of get invested in some of these teams sure. personally, you know, and and and, uh, and you follow their their journey, and you kind of want to see it see it you know see it out, and all of a sudden you're kicked out, and your literally, literally literally kicked to the curb. Your knowledge of the <laughs> tournament is more detailed, yeah, because you've been calling it all week, all right. weekend, so you know it better. I mean, like, nope. do better, ESPN. Let let Jeff work. That's Come on, man. That's right. That's, let Jeff work. That's gonna be my. I'm making t-shirts. Mark that down. Let Jeff work t-shirts. Let, Jeff. Gonna get <laughs> let Russ cook. Yeah. <laughs> let Jeff work. Yeah. Let Jeff work. So one of the storylines this this week uh, out of the Big South, uh, and again, I don't, I will not, I will not see Longwood unfortunately because they're on the upper half of the bracket. So it's Mike Gleason. Do you know Mike Gleason? The name, the name long time, long time play by play guy lives in Charlotte. So he's got the top half of the bracket. I got the bottom half. So, um, so I've got Winthrop who's the two seed. Um, so I will not see Longwood, but Longwood's head coach, uh, Griff Aldrich is a great story. And, and you, you, for everyone watching this podcast, you know how much I love storylines mm -hmm. and this is why. And, and I don't, I don't know Griff's story entirely because I, I don't have their game, but I do know a little bit. But it's it's almost a little like Joe Mowgli in Coastal Carolina, where he was a business guy. So so he was a great college player at like Hamden, Sydney, I think, up in um, isn't that near Hickory? In, in Virginia, actually. Oh, is it Hamden's, Virginia? Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, all, yeah. all that, boys school. That's in right. Virginia. That's right. I was thinking of Lenore Ryan up in yeah. uh oh, up in man, yeah. So so he was a player up at Hamden, Sydney, and really good player, and uh, and and went from being a player to being a coach. But then went to law school at UVA, super smart guy. Went to law school at UVA, became a lawyer for 16 years. And then after <laughs> that, became a CFO of some private oil and gas company down in Texas and made a ton of money. So, I'm I mean, sure. just really accomplished, wow. um, intelligent attorney and then a CFO. But then just got that, just got that itch to coach again, right? That's cool. So in two, you're gonna like this. So in two, and this comes back to what we were talking about with Cinderella's. So in 2016, he, um, his former college roommate and former college teammate Ryan Odom, mm -hmm. says, "Hey, I'm the head coach at this small school, UMBC. This is in 2016." He said, "I need an assistant. I really need you. If you've got the itch to come back to coaching." He said, let's do this together. Uh, I've taken the head coaching job. I need you as my assistant. Let's build this together. So in 2016, Griff joins Ryan Odom, the son of Dave Odom, yep. speaking of the ACC. I've met Ryan. Actually. And, and for two years, they build UMBC to 2018. Yep. They, set, they set a school record in wins. They go to the NCAA tournament. And then they, of course, make history yep. as becoming the first ever 16 seed to beat a one when they beat... UVA, which is yeah. where Griff went to law school. Yeah. So just an hmm. uh, incredible story. I, I just that love a cool story. story. That yeah. is a cool story. So, all right. So who's the favorite? Oh, do you remember when Winthrop was just dominant in that conference? They, they still are. They're back-to-back. -back, they're back-to-back -back defending champions. God, they were so good under – what's his, man, my brain doesn't work anymore. The guy out at Wichita State. Yeah. Um, or, or is he still at Wichita State? No, he he's not. He got, yeah, he got he's fired. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and he was here at the College of Charleston. Is he? And, uh, no, no, he was. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was. So, I, he, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there were some issues with players, but man, he Greg, was so Greg good Marshall. Greg Marshall. Gosh, yeah. he, NC State, I think, made a huge mistake when he was at Winthrop, and they, you know, they've gone through this coaching carousel because obviously it's really tough to win when your next door neighbors are Duke and Carolina. That's just who you're judged yeah. off of. Those are your rivals. 
They should have taken it. They should have just said, "We're whatever it takes, we're going to take that guy to win through it. Because he would have loved that challenge. That's the kind of guy that would have been all about having to take on North Carolina and Duke. He would have loved every second of it. Yeah. He would have relished it. And he's a North Carolina guy from the state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they blew that. that. That was one of their coaching. I can't remember who they got. It was either Sydney Lowe or it may have been uh, after Sydney. Um, God, Godfrey, I believe is who. Anyway. Oh, Mark Godfrey took over after yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but that was a huge mistake on their part because I think he really wanted, you know, he's a guy that wanted to be in the top level. Yeah. He was working his way there. But yeah, anyway, I digress. I could talk, yeah, look, I could right. talk college basketball forever. I could, I, I could actually talk college sports forever. I think that's a sudden thing. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, is Stacey going to be pissed? Because we haven't even talked about Cornhole yet. We're 32 yeah. minutes in. Yeah. I mean, and look, have not even mentioned Cornhole but, yet. But you, are you know, sure he's okay with this? I think he would prefer <laughs> us to not talk Cornhole, actually. <laughs> by the way, by the way, last, last week you said that you thought five people watched the show. I think there's about eight or ten people actually go to watch the show. You know, it's doubled. Yeah. You know, it's incremental. <laughs> last week's show was so good, we had ten people who watched. Our climb up the podcast ladder, you yeah. know, it's incremental. Baby steps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Greg Marshall was was there, was killing it, came yeah. to the College of Charleston, thought he was going to take the job, didn't, went back to Winthrop, killed it some more, went to Wichita State, and the rest is the yeah. rest is history. And had yeah. the issues yet. So he hasn't come back to coaching, has he? No, no, not that I know of since. since and what he, was uh, it? Like abuse, uh, verbal yeah, was, and physical abuse of players? Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't remember all the details. It's Basically, how every coach used to be in our generation. But yeah. no longer can be. Right, exactly. Oh, you know how you were telling your Mike Chishevsky story earlier? I've got one for you. I didn't. I didn't finish it, by the way. Yeah. I, well, we got well, sidetracked well, because well, it turns out I'm bringing I, the train back, baby. Well, let me, let me hang on real quick. Let me yeah. let me just let me just finish mine real quick because yeah. as much as I wanted to hate him after that, um, I I had a friend of mine who was who's a, works out in California. He's a he's a commercial commercial uh, production uh, producer, and uh, and he's actually had some shoots with Mike Chishevsky. And my buddy's also a Kansas grad. We both wanted to hate him. Apparently, he was a super nice guy. I mean, just very generous with his time. Signed a bunch of basketballs for all kinds of people. Ooh. Oh, you got a different story here, Bernie? I've got a personal story, actually. But Is that right? All oh, right. Now I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not you're a gonna, great You're going to drop a little dirt cool, here on, on Borderline? No, there's, there's no dirt. But yeah, That's it, why it we named the show Borderline. Come on. Well, look, it, when, when I was in high school... And before I made varsity, played on JV, and uh, Mike Szczesny and Bobby Knight came to do a coaching clinic at our high school, and they ended up doing. And so they picked because I can't remember where varsity players were, but they weren't there. They didn't mm-hmm. do the clinic, so we were as the players got to do the clinic. So they used us when they ran through their plays and what they wanted to do. And so, and he was just kind of aloof, you know. Bobby Knight was just so gruff. But the funny story is a friend of ours was a really good athlete, really good football player, played on that Georgia Tech team that won the national title in 90. But he was a good athlete, but obviously a much better football player, but just kind of a bull in a china shop, right? So we're running through these drills and all this stuff, and his name's Stephen Farr. And Stephen, like, gets out of control, kind of trips over himself, smashes into this table, knocks over, like, all their coffee and all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. It's like, let me guess. You play football, and you're not the quarterback. <laughs> it's just, it was just kind of a funny. But yeah, they they we met him, but it was not even met him. He, they're using us to do all this stuff, and never even said a word to us, other than 
do this, run over there. Like it was, but yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's my touch with greatness story about Coach K. Well, and I, and I already had disdain, right? I was a Carolina fan. I was yeah, that's a, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I had the same, and I wanted to hate him. And then and my buddy Pete calls me. He's like, man, he's like, I got to tell you about Shashevsky. I'm like, please tell me he's an asshole. He's like, no, he was great. <laughs> he said he, he was great to all the production assistants. He signed knows. anything. He's matter of fact, he signed so many basketballs that they sent a production assistant out to the sporting goods store to buy more basketballs for him to sign. So that so he's apparently very he's, aware of his self image. Hence this season. Yeah, in, I've in never met. Opinion. I've never met him. In my personal so. opinion, I mean, he could have just retired and walked away, but he wanted everyone to know he was retiring and walk away, so he can be <laughs> celebrated every step of the way. There's, there's an ego there. And of course, you have no bias whatsoever. I, am I lying? <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> Most coaches don't do this, by the way. Yeah. No, he <laughs> hey, celebrate me for an entire year, and you're like, that's just. He is the greatest all time. He, can't argue it. Yeah. Maybe you can argue that uh, Wooden, during his run, ten yeah. out of twelve championships. But you know, different era. Different you, era. You could, you could really argue that. And it ended. It was just such a flash, right? It was just. Yeah. It was a decade and a half of greatness yeah. compared to from eighty one, eighty two till now. Well, not to mention what uh, Coach K has done on the Olympic side, gold medals. Mm-hmm. He's got bling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It pains you to admit. It's okay. Hey, Dean Smith had a gold. Matter of fact, when we're, we're just about first, ready to get to the, the first, gym. the first time we lost as a country the gold medal to the Soviet Union in '72, who'd they hire to restore the greatness in '76? Deanie Smith. That's correct. Again, you have zero bias on this zero. on this topic. What's zero. Right? Well, you know what? We're just about ready to get to our meet Jeff and Bernie segment, so we'll be able to yes. get this all out, get our emotions out, get our. By, by the way, out. way to go, Alex Hicks. Way to be twelve say, years I, old and be a dominant cornhole player, man. Way to go. I was gonna, I was gonna try and provide a little bit more smooth transition. I, I, I don't believe in it because because <laughs> I, I was gonna say, speaking of greatest of all time, are we looking at a twelve-year-old version who, at some point, is going to be? One of the new greatest players of all time, twelve years old. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But from, but, but from am a I? I mean, two open wins already. From a cornhole perspective, puberty is going to be so important for him. Mm-hmm. Does do other things in life gain massive importance? Does he just get tired of playing by the time he's 15, 16? Does he get burnt out? Yeah. You know, because once he goes through puberty, grows a little bit, gets a little stronger. Like I said, you know, certain things are going to become more important you know, that aren't important right now. Mm-hmm. Um, does that affect a change in his mindset? Because right now at 12, I mean, if you think about being 12, it's just grab bag, put in hole. Yay. I like to play cornhole. Right. I mean, like he just happens to be very good at it. I, I just, it, I'm interested. I'm really interested to see what happens in the next two years, because obviously I think he's, he'll probably hit puberty at some point in there. Yeah. And does his life change? I mean, you get to high school, things change, you know, girls become important or whatever your proclivity is. I mean, that, and then, you know, do you get bored? I mean, you know, he's been playing cornhole so long. I mean, he's going to be a four year pro by the time he's 16. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. I mean, like, I, I, I'm just curious because if he stays in love with the game and really enjoys what he's doing, what's going to happen when he actually gets physically stronger and can do, you know, can do things that he can't do now. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, it's that's a he's a fascinating, fascinating cornhole personality. It, it's going to be amazing to watch his journey. And this <clears throat> yeah. is going to be a, this is going to be a perfect segue into meet Jeff and Bernie because there you, go. you know the other thing that he's going to have to worry about is anxiety because right now he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right? I mean. Absolutely. You know, it, it, there's nothing to worry about. There's Absolutely. no bills. There's no there's no drama with relationships. There's no kids. I mean, all the stuff they're talking about, yeah. and there and there's very little anxiety. I mean, I, you know, you remember back in the day, back when we we're high school athletes. Um, I don't remember really being anxious. I, I mean, I, I really don't feel like I struggled I with anxiety. Did you? I, I was I was terrible. I, I don't feel like I struggled too much with anxiety. In, uh, and, and being nervous of the moments until I got older and knew what was on the line. Like right now, I feel like he doesn't know. He doesn't know what's on the line. He doesn't know at all. It, it, it's going to be yeah. fun for him. Like we get him on a broadcast court at some point this season because it's going to happen. You know it's going to. Yeah. It's just going to be fun for him, I think. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how a 12-year-old handles the lights of ESPN or CBS or whatever network we're on. But, I but, right, but right now, I, I don't imagine what I would be like as a 12-year-old walking into school yeah. after being on ESPN the prior week. But but then to your point, to your point, it's one thing to do it at twelve. But then what happens when he's in middle school? I'm telling you, because because you mean high school. <laughs> no, Bernie, he's middle, in middle school. He's in I middle know, school. but middle school is terrible as you get to. Well, I mean, but at twelve, he's like seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, sixth grade. You you get to eighth grade and going into ninth grade, it's yeah. trust me. My daughter just went right. through it, and and now she's a junior in high school. But it feels like she was just there. It's a really difficult time. It's an awkward time because your body's Absolutely. changing, right? Absolutely. Your mind's that's changing. What, that's what your I mean. Changing. That's what I'm saying. That's good. I mean, does he yeah. survive that as Cornell player? No. All right, we've only got about we've only got about eight minutes left. Are you ready to do this uh, new <laughs> segment? Yeah. You know what? The meet Jeff and Bernie segment might have been the best part of last week's show. I think it was. Yeah. And it's be it's because I'm vain. <laughs> um. And the sad thing is, is that uh, I don't remember what we talked about. Oh, yeah, I do remember what we talked about. Oh, yeah, yours is good. Yours is good. So last week, my question to you was, because I couldn't, I, because I had met Julie, your current girlfriend, but I didn't know if you guys, um, you know, what, what, where your relationship was at. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if you had previously been married. So yeah. I asked you and you said that you had. Yep. So, um, so you started last week. I No, I started. <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then you asked me how I, how I ended up at Kansas. I never got yeah. a chance to finish that story. But well, I mean, you can, but all right. Not my, nearly, not my, question, my question this week. You ready? I was say you get to go first this week. Yeah. My question this week. How good was your band, honestly? Um, for all those that didn't know, Jeff was the drummer in a band once upon a time, and I really I'm curious as to how good you really and your guitar playing friend, who's one of our ten. Uh, listeners and watchers, he can he can uh, type in somewhere. Are we able to get online and watch this direct? No, we're not. No, actually. please, so please, to, God forbid. We'll have to, we'll have to find can, out. We'll have to find all, out next week what he thinks. It's all I can do to crank this podcast up right now. <laughs> God forbid, starting to bring in you know live questions and stuff. Yeah, how how good was your band? Honestly? Um, you know what, I, I, I'm trying I'm trying to answer this. Um, you know, as, as honestly as I can, Bernie, I mean, it, 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 I struggle with this because we were good. We were, we were really good. And, and our singer, uh, who I've not spoken to now in 25 years. Lead singers. Yeah. 
but Bernie, he was terrific. I mean, he was really, really talented. I mean, the way that he could sit down with a guitar or behind a piano and literally just come up with a medley and and just kind of hum along, you know, he, he wouldn't even have words, but he would have a medley that would come up, you know, in, in a, in a uh, you know, in a hook. Yeah. And and he would come up with that. And then a lot of times he, he had a lot of pain in his life, which a lot of lead singers do. Sure. And so he wrote most of our songs, but, um, you know, all of us all have journeys. So I, I wrote some of our songs as well. Jade, Jade came up with the, some of the songs as well, but Jeff was truly talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really was talented and, uh, and I hate, I hate what happened. I, I hate that, that we weren't more successful. I hate that we didn't stick with it. Um, I wish we would have been more patient. I've told people this before the Rolling Stones, um, you know, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger and all those guys, they, uh, they quickly admit, Hey, we, you know, we, we are not the Rolling Stones today because we were the best musicians. We were the most talented. We just stuck up, you know, we were just here the longest and we just yeah. didn't give up. And I feel like, like we gave up and I feel like I was part of that. Jeff was part of that. Um, I can't remember if Jade was part of that, you know, we got impatient, but we were good, Bernie. I mean, we, we really were pretty good. We were all really talented. We just we just needed someone to bring us together. We needed we needed a producer. We needed someone to help us organize our songs a little bit better. Um, but we were good. We were good. It's it's it's. Uh, I, I don't have many regrets in my life. But but yeah, that's got to be fairly painful. Yeah, we were good. Put out a couple CDs. Uh, went on tour a couple times. Made some money. Met a lot of great people. And, oh, man. Uh, That's and probably, dream, probably, dude. probably left way before we should have, because That's we were, dream. we were matchbox 20 before and that. hooting the blowfish, um, at about the same time we, we were probably, I mean, we were early nineties and I think they were about the same. I mean, basically when Darius was, was doing it at Columbia, mm-hmm. we had been doing it maybe a year or two before because we, because just like matchbox they, 20, they were the dollar band on Tuesday nights at Elon every now and then. Hooting the blow. <laughs> Seriously. Were That's they really? That. And then, yeah. you know, three years later, they're the biggest band in the world. We did the same thing. We played, we played at a lot of campuses um, around the Big 12. Well, it was Big 8 back then. That's how long yeah. ago it was. <laughs> but no, we were really good. And um, uh, again, it was, it was the early to mid-90s, and grunge was the big scene. So bands like Matchbox 20 and Hooting the Blowfish, uh, Gin Blossoms, weren't quite, you know, mainstream yet. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, as soon as we as soon as we broke up in the mid 90s, uh, four to five years later, all of a sudden that huh. all that all breaks down. And man, yeah. that's that that would be that would be hard. I can tell you someday how it all ended in the last in the last day that I saw Jeff. So it's a crazy, crazy story. Wow. But we, we've only got to now about three minutes left. So good so question. We'll, we'll come back to that one. All right. I like. That. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a lot to dive into in that. It's a, a, again, I. I I don't know. It, you know it's, t- it's tough for a lot of bands to make it. It's tough for a lot of broadcasters to make it. It's tough for a lot of actors to make it. Oh god. So there's there's no there's no there's no guarantee we were going to make it. But yeah, we were pretty damn good. That's cool. Like oh my that. gosh, this makes this makes my question seem stupid. But again, the reason why we started this is because I feel like there's basic things about about you that I don't know. Okay, hit me, man. Are your parents still alive? No. Well, my mom. Let me rephrase that. My mother's alive. My dad uh, died when I was eight. When you're eight years old, mm-hmm. so are you? Are so do you? Because we get a follow-up member. Oh yeah, absolutely. So all right, so are do, do you still talk to your mom? Oh yeah, 
We're very, I mean, we're not as but close as But you just said a minute speak. ago you, that she was dead. No, no, no. You forgot that she was alive. No, I, I was answering. You're like, yeah, we talk all the time. I mean, no, we, we talk a good bit. It's just, we were never as close as we should have been. You know, Why? she was kind of, I mean, I think that she kind of was raised, you know, children are to be seen, not heard kind of thing, kind of the old South kind of child raising. And it was a little bit like that. I think, you know, it had to have been hard on her as a single mother, you know, in that day and age. And I think it was tough on her. And so she had to be both parents. So, you know, I didn't get the the hugs and the I love yous and that kind of thing. So it kind of kept us at arm's length for a very long period of time. Wow. You, you would think, though, with your with your dad passing away when you're eight, you'd think that your mom would have been. It like was rough. That. It you wasn't. Would have had hugs and. Yeah. It, I think, you know, she had to go through her own process there. I mean, it was not a, you know, it was not a very pleasant passing. It wasn't one of these where, oh, they got, you know, they got sick and it just, you know, it was, it was very different. So am I allowed to ask another question or no? Yeah. So what happened to him then? My father was murdered. Wow. Yeah. When you were eight years old. Yeah, a couple of weeks before my ninth birthday. Um, why? How? I mean, what? He was actually it, murdered or killed it, or like? Like? No, he was murdered. He was like, having an affair with another woman, and that woman's husband uh, shot him. Oh my gosh, Bernie. Yeah. Oh, it goes um, deep, man. I can. I that's can go a crazy. hell of a line to drop with thirty seconds left in the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh, if he asked that question, that's going to be a tough one for people. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll follow up on that next week. Wow, meet yeah. Jeff and Bernie. Holy cow. Yeah, it's it's dangerous if you want to go deep in here. It, it it's crazy in here. Borderline. <laughs> Borderline. Bring in the pain. Whole new meeting, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh. Yeah. My childhood was different. Very All right. Can different. we pick it? Can we pick up? Uh, there next week? Absolutely. All right, we got five seconds left. <laughs> All right, man. Dude, man, I, I love you, brother, and I appreciate your friendship. We'll get to that next week. Right on. All right, good show. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Good luck. All right, thanks, everybody, for watching. All right, all 10 of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye.